are listening to Win Win, a podcast brought to you by the global nonprofit organization Win Women in Innovation. Each episode features inspiring innovators from the startup world, innovation consultancies, and Fortune 500 companies who share their innovation secrets and career trajectories every Monday. As for me, I'm your host, Zoya Kozakov, global product lead at Win by Night and product manager by day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Win Win Podcast. As we have seen over and over again, there are so many different ways and jobs that lend themselves to innovation, and today's guest, Sharifa Murdoch, Kith's Chief Impact Officer, is no different. As you'll hear in the episode, Sharifa's role in Kith, which if you don't know, is an iconic fashion retailer and brand, is all about connecting the company to charitable initiatives and co-creating them. The other reason I got Sharifa on the podcast, however, was because she also founded her own initiative called Envision Festival, where she gathers millennials and Gen Zs and runs workshops and facilitates conversations about the possibilities of creative and innovative careers and provides overall guidance to them. We touch on lots of different topics during today's conversation, but something I'm learning more and more is that one of the tenets of being an innovator by your career is that by definition, your career is multifaceted. You could be working on charity initiatives by day, building innovation initiatives by night, and side hustling on something entirely different on weekends. It is one of the reasons that after all these years, I still resonate with women in innovation as an organization. The women who are in this community are those who can't quite be put into a box, and that's the way that we love it. With that, I hope you enjoy my conversation about impact, fashion, technology, ageism, social media, and much more with Sharifa Murdoch. Hey, Sharifa, welcome to the Win Win Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you. You actually have two very cool jobs, both of which I would say are innovation jobs. But given that innovation doesn't clearly have one definition, a newer thing that we've been doing on the podcast is kicking off the show by asking, tactically, what do you do in your day job, which in uh-huh. your case is Chief Impact Officer at Kith. And yes. we can dive to the Envision Festival in a little bit. Of course. So in my day job, as you mentioned, I am the chief impact officer for Kith, which means I do all the philanthropic things you see that come out of the company. Um, that's all me. Um, it's a super exciting job. I love being able to give back to the communities. We are very passionate about that. That's one of our love languages uh, for this company. So it's a very fun and fulfilling job that I have. Yeah, and I don't want to dwell on the reason why having impact is so important, but I really want to get specifically into why do you think that work is maybe the heartbeat of the company? Why do you think it makes a difference, not just for the companies or people that it's helping, but for the company itself to succeed? I think every company should be at least giving back to the communities that they sit in. A lot of companies, you know, out there, are they, they thrive off of people, right? They are, their success is because of the consumer. And I think it's always important for a company to look at that and really, really understand what of a impact we as a company can make on someone's life. And because we are able to do do so, I think that impact work is very important within any company that you work for. Completely agree. And I know your career has always been so entrepreneurial. And I've definitely seen that meaningful commitment to giving back to others, giving others opportunity. But you have always played in the fashion space, and you've even owned multiple businesses yourself. So what has drawn you to keep your roots in fashion and retail? 
I mean, I just love fashion. I think since I was a little girl, I was always trying to find what's the next thing to buy. I remember coming home from like the mall every time and asking my dad for like 20 items or 15 items. To mm-hmm. me, it felt like nothing. But of course, to him, he's like, are you crazy? Um, but one thing he taught me since I was younger is basically I needed to earn these items. Like if I wanted something, I needed to work hard. So I think that was always embedded in me. And because I wanted said items, now it's a different life, right? I think as I get older, I just want a better lifestyle. So that's what always kept me going in the industry that I am because I love it. It's a passion. It's something that I love. And I knew I wasn't going to ever get bored. I always tell people to do what you love. Like, don't ever do a job just for finances because it just is never going to pay out in the end. Do something that you love doing. And I'm really happy and proud to say that I've been doing things that I love. And that's been my joy for the last, I would say, 20 odd years. Yeah. And so talk to me about those businesses that you've owned. I mean, it takes a lot for anyone to start a business, but especially a woman and a woman of color. Um, How did you go about starting those businesses? Did you have a mentor? How did you figure it out? Yes. Yeah. So I had an amazing mentor from the beginning of time. I worked at a store called The Atrium. Mm -hmm. Um, This was back in the 2000s, which I loved. Um, I was a salesperson and the owner of The Atrium asked me one time to help him start a trade show. I didn't know what a trade show was. I was 23 mm-hmm. years old. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? And the one thing I have to say about him, his name is Sam Ben Abraham. I owe him a lot. I always give him the due flowers that he has deserved because because of him, I am the woman in business that I am today. Because of him, I sit in positions that I've sat in. He guided me along the way. He showed me how to do certain things. He saw something in me that I didn't see in myself when I was younger. He gave me that platform to stand on and I was able to kind of run with it. You know, we started our first trade show when I was 23. We sold that trade show probably when I was 30. We started another trade show when I was 32 called Liberty. And that was what made me know and understand that he had value in me because he asked me to be a partner with him in it. He saw the value again in me. And it was really, really interesting just working with him. And even today, I talk to him and I'm like, I'm still learning. So that's something that's really important for me as well, is to learn from others. I learn from anyone that I am around. I look at different people and I always want to be in the room with people smarter than me because I'm able to learn from them. Just Mm -hmm. curious, what what do you think he saw in you? Uh, The drive. I think he saw the drive and the hunger. I was honestly one of the best salespeople on the floor at the store. And I just always wanted more. It was always something that I I still at this age, it's interesting. I think about it every time I do something and I think I've done something great. I'm like, what else can I do better? And I think that's how I've always lived my life. And because of that, I'm never bored and I'm never satisfied. I always want more and see how, how much better I can do for myself. I think that's something important, but that's just for me. I think it's important to understand, like, there are certain people that are very satisfied and content with where they're at. I am for always sure. someone that's very driven, and I, I really just want more because I want to be, I want my name to leave some sort of memory with people. And when I say more, it's not more financials. It's not more of like a bigger title. It's just, I want to be able to leave this planet and know that I've changed some people's lives and I've had some sort of influence in that manner. It has nothing to do financially, nor with like um, a growth in title or anything. I just want to make sure I've left some sort of mark. 
I love that. And I think that that's so, that's so evident with the work that you currently do and, and also the work that you've already accomplished. So I'm sure okay. now you're on the flip side of things and people are reaching out to you, uh, getting a ton of cold <laughs> emails, especially with the work that you're doing with Envision. Yeah. How do you pick out the people that you choose to sponsor? Because as you, you kind of jumped around it, but it's not just mentorship. It's really putting yourself and putting your own skin in the game that enables that next generation. It's hard just because I get so many cold calls about people mentoring. And I, after a while, like my assistant's always like, you got to stop. There's just no way. <laughs> but I see something in them. I see their want. Like they remind me of me when I was younger. So yeah. I see that and I see the passion and I want to help. I want to so, sort of guide them into any way. And I think mentorship is different now. I think it's not an everyday thing. I think it's a call once a month, kind of catching up on what they're doing. I think it's giving them a to-do list. I think it's also a a two-way street. It's not just me calling and reaching out to them. It's them saying, hey, I need your help with so-and-so. Mentorship is a lot of guidance and just trying to be there for the individual when they need you. It's not like I need to hold your hand throughout the whole process. It's very much like, hey, do this. Let's see how you go with this month, next month. And going, and, and honestly, when you get to your goal if you didn't reach it it's like okay let's figure out how to rework this and let's figure out what's going to work best for you and go from there and how do you kind of differentiate the advice that you give to people who are maybe more junior versus those that are more senior because even in my own career I know that the help that I needed when I was just getting out of college is like what exists what's out there you mentioned you didn't know what a trade show was so just you know your mentor telling you what a trade show was opened up your world but then as you get more senior and you're the cusp of that director title or senior manager title or whatever it may be you're looking for different kind of mentorship so how do you think about mentorship at those different stages well i think for the younger generation let's just say if they're in high school or college i explain to them that their time is limited but they Mm -hmm. have time Right. I think it's important to kind of like guide them and give them the information. I also believe that kids are supposed to be kids. I feel like sometimes you want to grow up so fast and you want this responsibility and you want all these things. But it's like be a kid. Enjoy life the way it is today. You have. 30 some odd, 40, 50 something years to be an adult, you know what I mean? With a rate of retirement, like more. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So it's more like enjoy being a kid and I always give them grace, right? Um, For an older adult, I definitely think the time is limited, but I also believe you can do the things that you want to do. I think that you can, I think that we live in a world today where you can do whatever it is you want to do. Like that's just our life. And I think that, it's the best part of today. You can be, you see women now modeling. They're like 60, 70. Like, come on, they're now starting, right? Yeah. And it's just like, I love to see that because it gives everyone hope. You know, look at J-Lo. I'm a big fan of J-Lo. Love like she her. was successful when she was younger, but her height is now. Like she's been booming for the last 10 years, right? And she's an older adult. I love J-Lo and she's not old, but she's just not younger as she was, sure, sure, right? Sure. So. I look at all those people and look at their peak. Yes, Oprah was thriving when she was younger, but she's also enjoying her life now. So Mm -hmm. it gives us a little bit of like space to see that we can do so much in any time, in any way. It's all what we put our minds to and how much we want it. 
I could not agree more with that. And I'll even say like even a younger generation. So I think about Rihanna. So many times people are like, oh, you've hit 30, like you're dead. Forbes 30 under 30. All of that stuff really perpetuates the idea that your youth or there's a time limit on your success. But you look at Rihanna and it's like Rihanna was Rihanna, the artist, the performer, the legendary woman. And now she's running the world of business. yeah, because you transform as exactly. you get older. I think that's the best part and the grace of getting older is that you're able to elevate yourself. You're able to change the spaces that you're in. You're also in a different mindset. What you were doing at 20, you don't want to do at 30, 40. Mm-hmm. And I think that people don't understand that those times are okay. I think the world and society has put time limits on so many things yes. that, you know, you get nervous. You get anxiety. You get all these things around, well, I'm supposed to be married. I'm supposed to be a CEO. I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be that. And it's like, no, it's not your time. And I think that that's something that people have to understand. Life is about timing. It's about a certain period in your life. It's about where you are mentally. It's about all of these things. And they all have to align in order for you to feel great about where you're at. Mm -hmm. And and especially in today's world, like with social media, there's everything is so heightened mm-hmm. and everything is like now, now I'm 20 and I got a Rolls Royce and I'm 20 mm-hmm. and I like, <laughs> it's like so sometimes unrealistic. It's like, come on, like you're putting pressure on these young kids to have these things, but you're not showing them how to get there. For sure. Do you know? And you didn't show the hustle. I always make a funny joke. I was like, no one on social is going to ever say that they were their phone is off because they couldn't pay their bill. And that's why, you know, like no one will ever show that. And I think it's so important for people to like give themselves grace and really understand their time is their time. And I think in relation to the innovation industry as a whole, like when people talk Mm -hmm. about innovation, they see the flashy things that have now changed the industry, changed the game, but they don't see the 45 million other horrible ideas that didn't get there. It's so funny because people always send me like goals and this. And I'm like, girl, the goal is to work hard because that's Mm -hmm. what I had to do. Like (laughs) I started working in McDonald's. I started working in the grocery store in my house, like by my house. Like it wasn't like, oh, I've just become, you know, the chief impact officer. You've arrived. Yeah. No, I worked hard and I sacrificed a lot, but I've also learned a lot along the way. And I really and truly want people to really understand that's how life goes. Yeah, totally. So I guess switching gears a little bit about your role and how you're building it up. You know, when people do these, let's call them and I have air quotes on people can't see the video, but um, these Mm -hmm. unconventional roles like chief impact officer, chief innovation officer, chief research and development officers, a lot of the times, even though companies invest their time and their money into making these roles and uplifting leaders Mm -hmm. into them, the leader is really responsible for building the framework around that and validating, you know, that this role is important. So as you came into Kith, how did you really build out impact as a practice? And, and what advice would you give to other people maybe striving to do the same? So it's interesting. I think what we have to first start is when I've gotten to Kith, me and Ronnie had several conversations about it. I think it's important that people out there know that that's something that he wanted to do, mm. right? As an owner of a company, he wanted the impact for the company. He wanted the change for the company because if he didn't want it, I wouldn't be here. Right. And I think that's the number one thing you whoever are in these positions, their higher ups or their company needs to be aligned with the values. And that's something that me and him aligned on. We aligned on these values that 
that there was an impact that he wanted to do and he just wanted to do it in a certain way. So when I came in, it was just conversations about, oh my God, I want to do this. And it's like, okay, let's do this. Like it was more of a marriage Mm -hmm. than I have to say, hey, let's do this. Like he was already with his mind rolling. And these are conversations, honestly, that we've been having for years. We just hadn't had, and like we didn't never connect to do it. We've always had these conversations, Mm. right? But we just, I was just never in a space where I could do it. So when the opportune time came, it was more like, okay, this is it. This This is it. We we click together and this is how we're going to make change. So there's never a forced conversation. It's more like, and I was talking to someone about this today. They were like, how do you get them to do? And I said, I don't get Kit to do anything. Mm. Kit wants to do what Kit is going to do. Mm-hmm. And they just align with my values and what I think is right. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you were to, let's in, a, in an alternate universe, yeah. to join a company that's not as great at making this company. I would never. You, I would you never. wouldn't join. I wouldn't because I know exactly what I want to do in life, right? And if mm-hmm. we don't align... It's not going to work. I don't want to sit there 24 hours a day forcing you to do something for you to see my vision. Yeah. I want you to be understood. We have to be on the same page. For sure. You know, and that's a lot of people go through that. That's why I love that you asked that question, because a lot of people go through life at a job where they're trying to get things going and the job is not doing what they're asking to do. Sure. A man once told me, you can't change people. You can't change the way people think. They have to want to change themselves. The only thing you can do is be who you are. So I remain who I am and I fit in where I fit in. I'm not trying to force myself into spaces that don't fit. I so appreciate you saying that because so many times I have girls reach out to me and say, oh, I don't think that my company's culture is this. Like I want to be a change maker. And I say, you know, it's not really your job to change the DNA of a company that's not built Mm -hmm. for you. Now, I do think women and especially women of color have to break into rooms where they're not welcome and make those changes. But I agree with you where like you shouldn't be selling your vision. You should be, like you said, in a marriage with someone who appreciates it. Exactly. I, I, it's really heartbreaking when you hear stuff like that, just because people are unhappy. Right. And, and instead of them being able, everyone's not able to just get up and leave their job. Right. So it's like, instead of them doing that, they sit there and they wallow and they sit there and they wallow. What I tell people to do is don't get, don't wallow, come up with a strategy. What's your exit strategy going to be? And where are you going to work? That's going to make you feel good. Like I said, today, is one of the best ever times to live in just because you get there are jobs out there that complement everyone. You just have to figure out what your niche is and what your job is going to be mm-hmm. and go from there. But I will be a one. If you said if it happened to me, if I did end up in a position like that, I would be strategizing on how to get out. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is such a creator economy that we're living in. And there are so many unconventional ways to define success, which is also why, you know, the, the space of innovation, I say the space, but it's like this thing that you can define for yourself and every job can mm-hmm. really, really fall into that. And so looking yeah. at fashion as a whole, I know the industry has changed so much um, in the last 20 years, even in the last five. So what are the things within fashion that are really exciting for you that are happening that you think are really innovative, changing the game? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. It was on the news today and they said retail is so boring. One thing that I'm excited about within the fashion space, I only can tell you what I see happening here because mm-hmm. I feel like what we do is innovating. 
And I can tell you what we do is innovating. I can tell you what maybe Ame is doing is innovating. Mm -hmm. I can tell you maybe what Rude is doing is innovative. Um, I just think that everyone right now is trying to march to their own tune. I can tell you what Brooklyn Circus is doing is innovative. I look at different designers from a different level, right? And and they're different playing fields. Some of the collaborations out there are really cool. You know, we have some of the best collaborations. So you see that and you're kind of jaded because mm-hmm. then you look at everything else and you're like, eh, Second right? Rate. But I am, I am always looking at what people are doing um, and I'm in awe. You have to have some sort of foresight and vision to really know that this is going to work. And that's what you have to applaud. Like, honestly, Kithon and the people like Ame, like Brooklyn Circus, you have to applaud them because they, they have a vision and it's very strategic. And they're able to see what may or may not work. And for the most part, it has worked for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that's exciting for me. Those type of things excite me, especially to see the different crowds that come out for the different things, right? So I was able to go to the Brooklyn Circus and the Gap um, Stock Exchange, like mm-hmm. uh, the ringing of the bell. And it was just amazing to see the community that came out for him, from for, for Ouija, from the Brooklyn Circus. It was, an, it was a moment for us. It was a moment in time that I think I would always remember because it was just like kind of like my brother has gotten this far in life. Like, that's amazing, right? Sure. Those things excite me to see our friends elevate themselves and just grow. That's what's so cool about fashion is the growing of it, the nature of it, the beasts of it. Everything about this is just like an exciting moment. And you never know what's to come next. Yeah, and, th- and that's an industry, I think, that is for sure kept on its toes. I actually went to Parsons School of Design probably like a decade mm. ago, and I can <laughs> tell you that uh, the the headline of Retail is Dead was happening every week, and I can tell you Retail is definitely not dead. But Oh, no. <laughs> but I am curious to hear your take on, again, even back then there was this discussion of like digital versus physical, and I know that now that's it, a silly conversation to have because it's all blended. So how are you yeah. thinking about kind of the, the blend between the digital and the physical and the innovation there? Well, see, I'm old school with it. So I feel like you always need both. I feel like when you walk into a retail store, you want that experience, right? I'm an experienced girl. I want the customer service. I want the person getting the clothing. I want to know if I try on something, someone's going to be like, oh my God, that looks amazing. Or, oh my God, no, that's not going to work, right? Right. But then you also have on the flip side during the, not even during the pandemic, before the pandemic, I shopped online. I started shopping online a little bit more. And there are certain shops online that gives you that same experience. Mm. And they actually go deeper in to giving you things that you like. So they're matching outfits together. It's making it more easier for you. So, but I'm a, I am the type of person that want both. I want the experience when I walk into a store and I also don't mind the experience online because I'm going to get both when I, you know, along my way. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you need to dim one light to have another is what I'm saying. But I do think that uh, more retail shops should open back up. I believe that like a lot of stores have closed and they're probably, or they're, or they're also not strategically doing what they were doing. I think a lot of retail shops have gotten scared and they're buying in a scared way where they're not introducing new brands to the market, where they're just staying very traditional. So you start to see stores repeating itself and becoming another store. Different stores are having the same items. Like that gets boring and monotonous for me. So I'm all about differentiating 
different styles, the unique uniqueness of stores. I'm all about seeing what could be, not just seeing what is today. And that that involves redefining that retail experience because previously it was the place where you just went, picked something, tried it on, and checked out. And now that you can do that convenience utilitarian bit of shopping online. So I think the retail world has so much opportunity. It does. Like I've traveled the world. Sorry. I've traveled the world. And I will tell you the best retail experience you will ever get is in Japan. I was just oh my say. god it is the best thing you've ever seen those people they are amazing the workers out there they're just so nice and it doesn't matter if you're walking in the store to buy a pen or a four thousand dollars top like jacket or whatever the case may be they are the they are the epitome of customer service okay. and I think that's what uh, I'm a big I'm big on customer service like that is something that's fairly special to me just because I come from retail. I'm a retail girl at heart. And when you hear all the noise on the internet or wherever about technologies, AI, VR, AR, Mm -hmm. is that all noise to you? Or are there any aspects of Mm -hmm. what's happening in that world that you're like, wow, I'd really love to see that being implemented in fashion? Um, I think I would love to see a lot of things implemented in fashion that are technology driven. I think it's about just bringing things cohesively together. Right. But I think in time that will come. But I don't think that it's going to take away anything. That's just my personal take. Like, I know, like in the world of 2030 or 2040, the plan is to maybe have everybody driving an electric car and all mm-hmm. the cars move together, kind of like the Jetsons. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the same thing within retail. Right. People are still going to want to go into shops. They may be shopping differently. Right. The clothes may be a mirror. And the, I, I want to see things like that, where I can know if it's going to fit for sure. So if you're buying something online, like they have like a, a pixel of my body type. And is it going to really fit instead of me buying it and sending Returning it back? It, Those yeah. are things I would be excited to see. But I don't think one will definitely dim the other at all. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it, and it, it is interesting to see all the different things that have been tested out. I remember when um, See Now, Buy Now was a huge thing. And, you know, all, mm-hmm. all of these things are being tested out. I'd really also love to touch on the work that you do with Envision. As I mentioned, I, mm-hmm. I think that this notion of giving back, bringing people along the journey while you've been more and more successful throughout your career has been a pillar of your career from what I've seen. So tell me more about Envision and, and really what is your goal with it? So Envision has always been a love letter to myself, my younger self, right? It's things that I wish I would have had, guidance I wish I would have had when I was younger. I honestly am a big proponent for the future, the future generation, the future kids growing up, the future of what's to happen, right? And I think that me instilling my time and energy into the younger generation is important because I always say those are the people that will be making the laws for us. Those are the people that are going to be running the, the, the world, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we change the perspe- the perception of that generation and how do we help them and guide them to be the best that they can be? And that's what Envision was birthed, birthed from. It was more about how do I help develop young people to where we see them grow and blossom and they can become better than where they might not have ever thought they can be. One time someone took an opportunity and a chance on me. How can I give that to someone else? And that's what Envision is about. It's a two-day festival conference where we bring in 
many young women and men to speak on panels and discuss their careers and just letting them understand that there are these different careers out there, right? I think that so many times you go to school, I use this notion all the time. When you're in high school, they're like, you got to go, you have to go to college. When you get to college, you're like, oh my God, you have to work hard so you can get a job. When you get out of college and you're ready to go to work, the first question they ask you when you go to get a job is like, what experience do you have? And you're sitting there like, but I've been in school for four years or eight years, whatever the case may be. And they're like, no, but you now need experience. So for me, it's about giving that younger generation the opportunity and the chance to kind of have that experience so they can also understand, maybe I wanted to be in fashion when I was younger, but now I like finance. Maybe I wanted to be a doctor, but now I like creative creative work. Like Those are the different opportunities. I want kids to be able to understand that there's a plethora of opportunities out there and they can get one of them. Yeah. And that experience is so fundamental because to your point, like my personal story is that I worked in, did different fashion internships for years. I did 10 mm-hmm, internships, mm-hmm. Chanel, Lanvin, Mode Operandi, Givenchy, like you name mm-hmm. it. And while I really, really loved it, I actually figured out that I was a lot more drawn to technology and actual product development, software development as a result. And I didn't quote unquote waste my time. Like I, I got that knowledge and it enabled me to make strategic decisions for my career. And, and those internships mm-hmm. are still, you know, things that guided me throughout the career. Guided you. I love that. I mean, I think that my internships honestly had guided me through my career. The opportunities I would have gotten or at, that I did get was showing me what I really wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. So those, they're all the same. Completely. So before I let you go, one last innovation mm-hmm. question. Where do you see yourself and your industry one month from now, one year from now, and 10 years from now. So you can take them separately. <laughs> Where do I see myself one month from now? I see myself a month from now still doing philanthropic efforts and trying to change the world. <laughs> I see myself one year. Oh, I honestly feel like I will be in the same position because I love it. 10 years from now, you said? I will want to own a building that I can kind of dedicate to young people to come in and do whatever it is they love doing. If they love creative, if they want to do architecture, I want to build a building where they can have that opportunity to do so. Love it. And what about the industry? The industry, I think, honestly, I I want to see it grow and blossom and I just want to see more technology added. It'll be an amazing time. Really, really exciting to have you. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sharifa. No, thank you. Thank you. And I really appreciate this conversation. It's definitely needed. And I'm always here to support. Thanks for listening to Win Win, brought to you by Win, Women in Innovation, and myself, Zoya Kozakal. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit womenininnovation.co to learn more about our organization, programming, and other opportunities. And remember, when women innovate, we all win.